This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with a policy that's affordable and earns cash value, which allows me to use the money from the policy while I'm still alive. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk some NBA. We talk some headlines in the NFL, an extra special big deal, no thing, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. You want to be a part of the show also? Check out the new Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk. Talk back. I made it through. Yet still here, I made it through. You know what I mean? Welcome back to another episode. As always, I got my main man and yours, DJ Highstar, with me on the line. Bro, what's goody? What's happening? What's happening? Well, shout out real quick. Special shout out to all of the new listeners, along with our, you know, longtime listeners as well. Long time Sports Nation, but all of the new listeners that tune in each and every week because Sports Talk Nation is definitely growing. Definitely, definitely. So shout out to you guys, all all my pros, all my vets, all my newbies. Uh, welcome in. We're glad to have you guys with us. Uh, speaking of, man, it's, it's been a long time since, you know what I'm saying, left you without a dope beat to step to, bro. How you been? What, what you been up Me. to? Shoot. Uh, getting uh, some of these bars off. I just came back from Atlanta, hanging out with the chapter out there, um, hanging out with our chapter, our home chapter, but hanging out with them in Atlanta um mm-hmm. so shout out to the lambda sigma chapter of course omega sci-fi fraternity incorporated legendary you know, very legendary and yeah. i had a great time out there man that's what's up man yeah i saw some of the pics on socials 
Um, it it it, do, it definitely feels like things are slowly getting set to a new norm. Um, it's, I'm not gonna say we're, exactly. we're like oh we're back and we're but it's it's slowly feeling like you can kind of see it over the horizon, man. And I'm excited about just the possibilities of yeah. Getting to and that it's point. like don't get it twisted. I still you know I'll, I'll take my mask off for photos and stuff like that. I still have my masks on my mask on. Like in, in a situation like that, again, we was say friends, like we was outside, had an outside section and it was brunch. So mm-hmm. I had my mask on until they bought drinks, like as far as my water or whatever, what have you and the food. But um, you, you're absolutely right. Whenever, you know, whether it's here in Charlotte, down in South Carolina, everywhere, or right. Atlanta, <laughs> you know, if you go inside of a Walmart, you'll see about 50 percent. 45% of folks that just it's just raw dog in the air out here, just, man. Just getting it on in there. Now let me ask you this. Pop quiz. You're in a you're in a poli- uh, not poli- uh, uh, a professional setting. Um, and you're invited to take your mask off. Um, you are sitting around a table where people are um, reasonably distance apart. Do you take your mask off or you leave it on? Indoors or outdoors? Indoors. And I I mean, when you say professional setting, that's like indicative of what we've got on suits and stuff. Or, or just like any place professional. So it's not like just you and your friends or you and your family. You're in some place for like work or business or gotcha. something professional in that uh, regard. It's like, I'll keep my mask on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, granted, like my, in, my, in my line of work, and I know we got to get started here in a second, but in my line of work, um, as far as with the moving and the moving industry, we'll wear masks, right? And now that everything again has kind of been relaxed the clients for the most part will be like oh no you're good you know we're vaccinated you're fine and i'll be like my quick retort is that's cool but the amount of people that we interact with every day i'm looking to protect you you know what i mean it's like it's not about any of that stuff and that's cool i I understand mask and no mask but i just see so many clients on a day-to-day basis it wouldn't be responsible for me to be all up in your face talking. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, left somebody where anything could happen. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it's, it's wild times right in that kind of in a gray area, but it's like a, it's like a Heather gray, I guess. <laughs> As opposed to more like a charcoal, dark and right. gloomy kind of gray. It's like a light gray, like a sweatpants gray, like a shout out to the spring summer pants type. Yeah. So I've been seeing that a lot where in those types of settings, um, folks are just, oh, it's okay. We can take them off now. Yeah, no, I'm good. Like, and, right. And so I will say that. I'll simply say, yeah, I, I appreciate it. But if you don't mind, I'm, I'm comfortable with mine. Like, I'm good. Right. So, uh, friends, family, that's different. If I'm eating, um, or even if I just know I need them to see my lips or anything like that, pause, uh, then, you know, I will take it off. But for the most part, I'm keeping it on. So, um, I'm noticing all, a lot of the arenas around the NBA that they are still keeping theirs on, too. Uh, so congratulations to those fans out there celebrating the game and celebrating responsibly. And as such, let's go ahead and talk about some of those N- NBA scores coming up right now. All right. We're going to start off with Monday night, February 28th. We're going to start off with the Timberwolves. They beat the Cavaliers 127-122. to 122. The Magic over the Pacers 119-103. The Raptors beat the Brooklyn Nets 133-97. The number one team in the East, the Miami Heat, topped the Chicago Bulls' pause 112-99. The Kings, Sacramento Kings, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 131-103. to 
to 110. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, in a game we'll talk about here later, beat the San Antonio Spurs 118 to 105. And the Bucks handed the Hornets their second loss in as many days, uh, beating them 130 to 106. Really quickly from Sunday, just wanted to get a couple notable scores. The Sixers, the new look Sixers, they did beat my Knicks 125 to 109. Why do I have a grand smile on your ass? Well, I'll tell you. But um, the Jazz actually beat the number one Suns, who we know is the number one team in the league, 118 to 114. We'll talk a little bit about that game. Again, like I mentioned earlier, the Detroit Pistons, they beat the Hornets 127 to 126. Mavericks over the Warriors 107 to 101. And the last notable game that I wanted to bring up, the Pelicans routing over the Lakers 123 to 95. Uh, so there's a lot of basketball that was jam-packed. We were back from All-Star Weekend, and it seems like everybody's back to basketball, like you like to say. Um <laughs> So, you know, any, before, <laughs> any, any, you've just been waiting. <laughs> indeed, I have. Anticipating. Uh, Listen, it's the only reason that I'm happy is, you know, my, my Knicks clearly lost to the Sixers, but hey, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, folks, uh, this has been another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Indeed. Make sure you. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want me to do, bro. Um, I just want you to tell me some of the notable games that stand out to you from the past two days, bro. You know, we just coming off again, just coming off an all-star break. You know, what what stands out to you? There was basketball played? I, I was I, Okay. No, nah, listen, right. at the end of the day, it, it, it really feels a lot like um, my, pan, my, my, my Lakers are pulling the Panthers and just kind of wrapping it up, sending it in at this point. The big point. difference. Let's give the big difference. The big difference is LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, right? Trevor Ariza, Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All of this, those are the. That's the biggest difference between them and the Panthers. I'll tell you that much right now. All right, you don't got the superstars here in Carolina that they got in La La Land. Big Anyways, facts. Anyways, bro. Big facts. But at the end of the day, it's the please, same level of ahead. disappointment. Um, and, and, and it honestly seems like a lot of despair. I read a stat that said in the four years that LeBron James has been in Los Angeles, in year one, he missed the playoff. Year two, bubble. And and, and that's a pretty big thing because we win, won the championship that year. Year three, we are a play-in team. And year four, we're looking to either be a play-in team or to miss the playoff. And honestly, I'm sick of it. You, 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 you want it here, and now it's here. It's here now. Here we go. You know I have never, never, never not been a fan of LeBron James. I, I've appreciated his contributions to the Lakers, but you know how that sit with me being a Kobe fanatic from day one. Now you coming in here stinking up my team, man. Like, we had zero hope before you got here, and I get that. But then you come in and, like, gassing up the team, gassing up these people and folks, and not doing nothing. You're building this super team. And they're not being, excuse me, and not being super. I am so over this. And now you add in the fact that he's boasting to be the greatest player to ever play. Um, and I'm going to play with Le- with Bronny wherever. And Yo, relax. Play ball. Win some, two, ch- win some games. Get another chip. That's what you do. Two quick questions for you, though. Um, well, I know, and I know we do this segment later on in the, in the day, but I have an impromptu big deal or no thing for you. Okay. Two of them, real quick. Big deal or no thing that he's chasing Kareem's points, you know, uh, situation, and, and the Lakers are looking like they are. Oh, it's a big deal. Uh, hey. That's a big deal. 
Because he's gotcha. a bum. Focus. Okay. Win. All right. <laughs> it don't, it don't, if that means you, you don't need to get these points, winning. get these dog. You know me. My mentality is what right. it is. I'm about my teams first. Now, great if you can get those accolades and those personal accomplishments on the way. But when you gone and you and Bronny in Milwaukee or you and Bronny, you know what I mean, in New York or wherever y'all may be. Or something. Yeah. Oh, gosh. How? Oh. How sappity would that be if he ends up getting drafted? And I, I think he's setting up the kid, honestly, for, for a little bit of a failure or for possible failure with way more expectations to say, wherever he goes, I'm going to go as well. Yes, that is going to increase his draft stock. But then because teams are really going to want to draft Bronny just for the chance to get just LeBron. Just for the farewell tour, right. Exactly. And so if if it was Cleveland, then that just altogether too much because to, now the heir apparent and the son, yeah, oh, no, that pressure is unnecessary. All right. So here's the second big deal, no thing. Okay. Uh, big deal, no thing of Westbrook, Trevor Ariza, and LeBron, all three of them talking trash back to the fans. Is that a big deal or no thing? <sighs> Unfortunately. <laughs> like, I don't know why you just decided that you just was going to have as much fun as you could torturing me. But I'm going to say, it's a, again, I'm going to say it's a big deal. Um, it shows where their frustration levels are. It shows where their focus isn't. you rather listen to these cats telling you what they probably need, what you probably need to hear. That, yo, y'all suck. Y'all aren't playing good. What are you doing? And granted, none of us out there could be at even the level they are at the quote-unquote suck level. But at the end of the day, we don't get paid the millions of dollars that they do to go out there and do it either. So, no, it's a big deal. And and it's more of a big deal, not so much because, oh, how could they yell at fans? But no, bro, like, you're not focused. You're you're not playing good. And y'all suck. Y'all know it. Deal with it. You, You brought up a great point, that focus factor. It were, there was a point in that game that evening where the, the um, commentators actually, or the broadcasters rather, said they questioned what was the record um, for turnovers in a Lakers game, you know, and they answered it. I think it was like 43 or something like that. But the only reason they brought up that question was because at that point, the Lakers might have had 20-plus turnovers during that game that evening. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing – it's exactly. And it's nothing more indicative of a lack of focus than turnovers. I mean, it's something that you can control. It's it's again, it's it's the focus, it's the execution. Some turnovers, we get it. They're um a victim of effort and, and mm-hmm. high effort and stuff like that, just like some fouls. But when it's 20 plus turnovers in the first half, come on. Come on. Now you know what bump that. C.J. McCollum is going to be the second half MVP of the season. The performance that he is going to turn in with the Pelicans is going to elevate them into a top four seed. I'm, I'm completely making all of this up in defense. Of the exactly. Lakers. He's going to elevate them to a top four seed in the Western Conference, and they are going to be a dynamic force. This was just indicative of how great he is and not how terrible we were. I was going to say, what you guys are witnessing and listening to is a clear deflection <laughs> off of how trash the Los Angeles Lakers have been. But Listen, I digress. In football season, to- uh, as the Panthers were losing, I was excited about basketball. I was like, yo, at least my Lakers are going to come out here. Now it's like, yo, at least I got baseball. Oops, I may not, but we'll get into that in just right, a little while. Right, we'll get while. into that too, yeah. But yeah, with with some of the other games that stood out to me, definitely the Hornets. Take, can we move up off my Lakers now, please? Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I've had enough fun. 
So the, the the Hornets losing two in a row was big to me, um, especially at home to the Pistons. And I almost went to the game, but uh, in the fashion that they lost to the Pistons right. as well. But at one point, and it was a buzzer beater, if I'm not mistaken, in overtime. It right? was by um, Kelly um, Olenek, I want to say mm-hmm. his name. Is it right? Yeah. Yep. The, Mr. Headband himself. Um, right. With the ponytail. With the, exactly. This dude been in the league like at least 17 years, and he, he's just, I guess. Having fun doing what he's doing. Uh, the heat over the Bulls was big to me, too. They have quietly been been playing some games reminiscent of what they looked like, if not even better, uh, in the bubble year when, when they went to the finals and, and took us to six games. That um, They're a good team, number one in the East, as you mentioned earlier, uh, and that's by design. I think they, they, they have a true and legitimate shot this year to uh, kind of take it or at least have a good finals against Golden State before losing to them. Of those ones yeah. of the games that you mentioned, which ones kind of stood out to you? Uh, well, if I may, uh, you know, jump the format, uh, but it's almost like one John Morant has been listening to our podcast and been like, "Yo, y'all missed me a couple weeks, man. Y'all ain't bring me up." <laughs> I got <So> that. <laughs> San Antonio, Memphis Grizzlies. First of all, John Morant with, uh, I want to say a career high, but definitely a season high, 52 mm-hmm. points. He knocks down this, like, ridiculous buzzer beater at the end of the second or third quarter. Um, full court recipient of a full court pass and just kind of threw it up as he was falling away. Caught a dunk over a seven-footer, poster dunk, which is always nice. Caught it over a seven-footer. And um, also... A, a 40 foot three pointer that he just kind of pulled up relaxed. Like it was a free throw and, and splashed it just cause people didn't pick him up on defense. Right. When he crossed over the, uh, the half court line. So uh, yeah, that, that, that Spurs Grizzlies game definitely stood out to me. I think you may have shared a graphic with me where it was comparing Ja to one of Derek Rose's uh, Derek Rose's third season. Now, of course we don't want Ja to run into, you know, those type of injuries, but you look at players that are explosive like that, or Russell Westbrook, Derek Rose, um, just, uh, Baron Davis, even, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's father time is not lost and it's, it's not really a lot of longevity in, in the explosive, you know, again, it is great while it lasts. We all love Sean Kemp. We all love uh, prime Kobe, young Kobe, that could double pump and then still dunk on somebody. Um, but it's just like, we want you to take care of your body, certainly. Nobody's saying that you're not, Ja. Nobody's saying that you're not. And I don't want you to take the foot off the gas at all. No, nah, but I don't want you, I don't want to <laughs> take you, a foot off the gas. I'm sorry to cut at, you off, but well. have you seen his IG, bro? No. Nah. That dude living like he's 22 years old, man. Like, <laughs> and, and shout out in respects to that. Um, I think he, to, to, to your point, could and would benefit from pulling back off some of that stuff to be able to have that longevity. If you look at a LeBron, LeBron has always, not as much as I knock him, he has treated his body like a machine. The fuel that he puts in. Or an uh, investment as well. Exactly. And so I would like to see Ja doing some of that too. But go ahead and finish finish your point, my fault. Uh, you're fine. And so, yeah, I think, again, Ja has heard the, the last couple of weeks and was like, all right, these dudes ain't talking about me enough. I got to. Go ahead and let me let me put myself back in the game, especially post <clears throat> post All Star game and everything like that. And while um, before I get your kind of take on on all of that Josh stuff, just wanted to make a quick mention because I do play the police to you all the time. 
Last week, uh, I flubbered up a lot of different names and things like that. You would have thought that old Roman Rome was back on the bottle or something. But um, Jared Allen, I'm sorry, bro. I know that was one in particular. Jared Allen, I, I called you Jared Smith. Multiple times. I could even get the Takashi if you need. Uh, Stupid. But, I'm not going to let you get the chance. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, bro. And I, I said it proudly. said it confidently. was calling you Jared Smith the whole time. And didn't let Big Cliff uh, get the chance to call your man uh, down in Miami, the Miami Dolphins, Mike, before I, you know, or that um, Brian Flores. I didn't, he was about to call him Mike Flores or whatever, and I cut you off right away. So, you know, I just had to make that journalistic uh, correction just for integrity there. But anywho, outside <laughs> of those highlights, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the Ja highlights and any other big, big highlights from any big men? So this week. <laughs> <laughs> starting off, <laughs> I see what you did there, sir. Now, starting off with the job versus uh Derek Rose. Both of them are the same age as uh they as Derek was. Well, Ja is now the same age as Derek was the year that he won his MVP, 22 years old. Um the one of the graphics that I saw, and I'm pretty sure it's the one I sent you, was uh, the tail of the tape. Jaw's taller, where Derek was a little bit bigger at uh, 20, almost 16 pounds bigger. Ja, of course, has the greater height, uh, has greater vertical height. Um, and so other, other than that, the, the stats are looking pretty the same. Uh, the points per game, assists, rebounds, steals, three points, they're no no more than 4 to 5% above one another in either category with mo- both of them taking some of the categories back and forth. It looks like, and honestly, he passes the eye test. That same dynamic ability that allowed Derek to win that MVP that year is what Jaws doing plus some. Um, in, in same fashion, he's got his team primed for a playoff position. And honestly, what I could, what I anticipate, being a pretty good playoff run. Uh, I think last year was good exposure for Jaw to see and to taste it through the uh, playing game and everything. But I think this year is that year for him to to, to make some noise. Now, matchups are going to be really important. I'm hoping that he's not on the same end. I would love to see uh, Golden State Memphis Western Conference Finals. That would be a good series to me, um, both defensively and offensively. Um, and, but honestly, I, I don't, I don't think that the Grizzlies would win. But I think it would be a good matchup nonetheless. Now, as far as some of the other plays that I've seen throughout the week um, that kind of stood out to me, where uh, did you happen to catch that no look pass that Jokic had in their recent game? Mm-hmm. Listen, so this cat is something different. I don't like his style of play because it's boring <laughs> but then he goes and does something just completely and utterly talented like this that you would think would have been an assist with the with the pass and spot up shot but the dribble like one dribble step kind of took him out of the assist range but look Jokic had a, a over the shoulder behind his back no look pass across the court that was led with anticipation, almost like he knew where his partner or his teammate was supposed to be. And uh, we'll have it up on the social medias if you guys want to take a look at it to see um, the play specifically. But it was against the Portland Trailblazers, and he just looks the part. Would you say that... It's very LeBron-esque. Oh, what? if we got to call that guy's name, but it was very talented. <laughs> Magic-esque, if you would. It was very LeBron James-like, man. Can you hear the... You know, I need some crickets sounds. As a matter of fact... What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Even though I know what you're talking about, but I'm like, when I tell you I'm over this whole experiment, like Brody should have been gone. And if they bring him back, I might not be a Lakers fan next year. You know what? I said it. Yes, I said it. 
if they bring Russell Westbrook back to Los Angeles, I am evaluating my Laker fandom for next year. Matter of fact, no, I'm not. I'll be a, I'll be a Golden State fan like you. I can, so I can say us when it comes to Golden State. <laughs> but anyway, I think Jokic. What? Sad. What, that I'm willing to give them up? Nah, bro. If they do something foolish like that, I have no faith or no con- or any confidence in what their capabilities are to lead that franchise. So, no. No. LeBron, you ain't got to wait on Bronny. We're a holler player. Tell us where you want to go, and we can go ahead and send you there, and Bronny can come meet you next the year after. We can get some stuff. We- Quiet as this kept, LeBron James, who does not have a trade clause, a no trade clause in his contract right now, would be an amazing trade asset, even though I think his good years are behind him. That's neither here. Back to Jokic. I think he is the favorite for the MVP. What are your thoughts? Uh, my personal favorite we just talked about, but ja, okay. there's a guy, correct, but there's also a guy in Philly that has a lot to say. Um, couple, if, if had Chris Paul not gotten injured, I think he may have been in the talks or book but also out in chicago is mm. a mid-range assassin that's been lethal tearing up and get setting records and things like that chasing michael jordan's records and he, he has you know even though he reps the c's his initials are d's pause uh but one mr demar Derozan is definitely making his case as well but like i said i you know it's 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 cool it's it's a good race but i think uh the guy out in Philly, Mr. Embiid, he's got something to say to, to Jokic. Um, this is funny, kind of like talking about the MVPs, you know, for the past couple of years and stuff like that. It's always kind of the same cream rising to the top, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. will. Um, you know, and uh, like I said, people like Ja, they're kind of, you know, stepping on the scene like, you know, yo, look at me now. And um, I'm here now. But you know, it's it's funny that you know your Giannis's of the world, your Embiid's, your Jokic's, you know, they all kind of hold down that the their squads consistently uh, to be in the talks for MVP. Yeah, definitely, and and it's just it's overall just a good look, I think, for the for the NBA to have that many highly skilled players all across the league. I mean, and and so it's nobody just. And, and I know people have the LeBron fatigue the same way that a lot of folks early in the early years or in the early 90s, rather, had a lot of Jordan fatigue, same way folks probably had a lot of Shaq fatigue. When you have dominant players who are the best, who are, are widely considered that, um, it, it does get a little bit boring. But to at any given night, because qu- quiet as it's kept, the Slim Reaper is still one of the baddest cats in the, in the league. I know he's dealing with a Indeed. lot. Uh, I don't know what that guy got to be thinking right now. Like, yo, man. I came out here to Brooklyn, and these boys were supposed to come and ball with me. I'm out here dragging this team, doing the best I can, man. I don't even want to play. Like, I can honestly see him being frustrated with it, but rather would want to get them out than to leave himself just because I think that narrative does kind of bother him a little bit. And so there are some really, really great superstars in the league right now. I would be I would be happy if John won, man. I'd, I'd turn up for my dog. For, I'd be excited for that. So definitely interested to see what's going to remain as far as the NBA season and kind of as we're getting down to the wire with the playoffs. Is there anything else that stood out or anything else you want to run through with them or just anything else in the NBA at all? Yeah, James Harden and what they're doing up there in Philly, um, all of his push-offs whenever he's doing his no-look, 
little passes between the legs and all of that, that stuff. Yeah, they beat it, beat up on the Knicks. That's cool. But <laughs> why? But why? Hold on, hold on, why hold, on, Danny, hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on. No, wait, 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 wait. Why is Danny Green not passing, not inbounding the ball to you? Huh? Let's talk about that, James. <laughs> How is it that when y'all lose, it's all over just the Knicks, but then when we lose, it's oh the Lakers. Y'all have had as much because historical, almost as much historical success. Come on, no, we haven't. First almost, all. and <laughs> no, but no, not close at all. No, we've we've got two world championships, and they both have been in decades where afros and bell bottoms were popular. <laughs> so, secondly, um. I have lowered expectations for my team, for my for my squad. Like that's that's the home team, definitely. But again, I've, like you got to understand, I'm not. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I come in here every week and let y'all know, I do not care. It's some. It's a it's a numbness that I've gotten that's grown to have for my my squad, the New York Knickerbockers. So when they do do something great and fabulous, fantastic. But I'm just like Auntie Spike, just minus the season tickets and minus the money to fly anywhere for their away games. I'm still rooting for them, but I know what to expect. And nothing more. At the end of the day, I think that's a reasonable um, expectation. You. <laughs> so we're going to move forward at this point to some NFL talk. Bro, the Panthers in, in this particular offseason – um, have not been doing a whole lot that inspires confidence. Um, they recently signed uh, one of their first major, if you want to call it as major, signings of the offseason in securing tight end Ian Thomas with a new three-year deal. Um, now, the three-year deal, uh, which kind of carries him through the 2024 season, is worth $16.5 million, with $6.25 coming this year and uh, a full guarantee of $8 million for the overall contract. Um, what, what are your, I guess, initial thoughts with that and just with the signing of a tight end, of this tight end, let's say that. I won't frame the question. Well... The thing about it is um, the Panthers, they've, they had a, a, how should I put this? They had a, a, a tight end U type thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we had a nice, a nice pantheon of tight ends to come through the Panthers and do their thing. Shout out to one Jeremy Shockey and um, uh, Greg Olson. Greg, Greg Olson. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, but, you know, in the last couple of years, especially since G. Olsen is gone, uh, Ian Thomas is who we look to. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with no it, offense, even with addressing it in the offseason, um, with the uh, what we thought was going to be an amazing tandem to of Darnold to Arnold, um, yeah, and he didn't even make it. <laughs> For what past two weeks, three three weeks, weeks or something? Yeah, yeah, and it was traded down to Jacksonville for CJ Henderson, but it was just like, yo, what are we doing here? I just, I understand he's 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 an extra lineman. He he cause with as much and as often, and I'll even say as well as he blocks because he's he's more than adequate as a blocker. But with like you just said, with having some of the dynamic tight ends that we have had, I expect 
more production offensively from that position. Uh, I've, I've sat here on this program last year and lobbied heavily for my man um, Pitts. I, I think Pitts in that offense oh, of would have been dynamic. Because even with Atlanta, Absolutely. we saw what he did. And, and that's with nobody else around there to throw the ball to. And with Matt Ryan, uh, who oddly enough has moved himself up into the top five, excuse me, the top ten. I think he's number eight at the time uh, that we're recording this. In all-time passing yards, he's actually the lead, lead, league lead in regard of acting passing yards um, with Tom Brady having retired. So with them forcing the ball to him, do you see what he was able to do? We need that kind of tight end. Now, granted, there may never be another that type of tight end, but we need somebody better than somebody just going to be another lineman out there, man. Um, I, I, I don't, again, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in what this team is doing, man. And it's just like, Every time there's news that comes out, it's like, huh? They did what? Uh, uh. Does McCaffrey retire? And he better not. We need him as trade fodder. <laughs> so, but but if you're if you're Christian McCaffrey, do you do you retire? If I'm Christian McCaffrey, yeah, probably so. Knowing that my body continues exactly. to get beat up, I, uh, like, I got paid, I got that bread, I got that money. Hey, yo, Luke, where we going at to uh, to eat the dinner tonight? And let's go lift and weights. Because I, I know them boys do what they can to stay in shape and stuff. But it's just, yeah, no, the rigmarole of that everyday up and down with the game, I, I can very easily see him retiring um, this offseason. I think mean, and, and what, go ahead. What's the question? No, you think he would? You think he will? I Listen, it start, you mentioned it a few weeks ago, and it's starting to, to look like the best option for him. I was speaking with my, my DJ mentor, Mixmaster T, shout out to the Mixmaster T and my partner Q um, earlier today down at Club Shed. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it. It's like when Christian McCaffrey gets on the field, you know how like that feeling is in high school whenever you kind of got a new outfit on with new sneakers <laughs> and you feel like all the eyes are on you at uh-huh. all times. Uh-huh. That's exactly what Christian McCaffrey feels whenever he's on the football field. Like he knows... Listen, I'm about to get this football. Y'all know I'm about to get this football. My coaches know I'm about to get this football. Y'all coaches know I'm about to get this football. Now try and stop me. And and everybody is taking their their best, 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 you know what mm-hmm. I mean, shots at them. So, yeah, if I was him, you know, I'm packing it up. Because the thing, the only other option for him is go to a contender that has a good backfield already that you're contributing to that backfield and you can be perhaps a one-two, first, second down back, and somebody else come in perhaps as the third down back, and they, you know what I'm saying, or something like that. You can't. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a in a big deal, no thing kind of some of the other backs around the league that have kind of been used out early and and everything like that, or burnt out, if you will. But um, yeah, if you're Christian McCaffrey, it's 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 wild. Now, Ian, back to Ian Thomas though, bit of a bad boy, isn't he? In fact, he is high star. And uh, mm. <laughs> do tell, do tell, Big Cliff. Ian Thomas, the newly signed Panthers tight end, is facing five misdemeanor <laughs> charges after attempting to evade police on a dirt bike this past July in Huntersville, North Carolina. So the story is alleged that uh, he and uh, an assailant who is, has been unnamed and uncaught, who were riding uh, unregistered dirt bikes. And four wheelers um, 
uh, Ian Thomas was on on the motorcycle and the friend was on a dirt bike. They're racing, running up and down the street. The, the cops find them, try to stop them. They slow down like they were getting ready to stop. Bust a U into oncoming traffic, apparently, and then try to get away through the woods. The friend actually did. Ian Thomas stopped about a mile and a half away from his house, um, submitted himself to police where he was arrested, charged with four misdemeanors and one felony count of evading mm. police. They've since lowered that uh, that count to a misdemeanor as well. But, like, that is what the Carolina Panthers chose to, I guess, put money and faith and confidence into. Like, he he's shown himself to kind of make poor decisions. And, again, we've all made bad, bad choices. But with something like this that happened in July prior to the season, they've known about it for some time. And, and so they still felt comfortable, apparently, to have signed him to that contract. But... It was just funny to me how on Sunday, doom, doom, do, do, doom, the Panthers have signed Ian Thomas to a three-year contract. And then a day later, doom, doom, do, do, doom, Ian Thomas faces five misdemeanor charges. I'm like, yo, what are we doing? You know, you know what, Um, you know, because I got this insider information in all seriousness, but you know what was playing in his helmet while he was, while he was running from the cops, right? Oh, here we go. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? <laughs> when I bought that action, y'all thought it was finished? Oh, dream chaser behind. Sit down somewhere, Ian Thomas. No, no literally, Stupid. literally. You shouldn't have never Stupid. even got the I'm chance. I'm not going to let you get the chance. Listen. Oh, and, and, uh, this is what happens when you listen to too much Meek Mill, man. You're just trying to race and run away from the, from the feds. The only thing that the Carolina Panthers have done this offseason that seems like a decision that makes sense since is to have hired Anish Shroff as the new play-by-play announcer for all football activities. Um, so shout out to Anish. Um, he is an, an ESPN or was an ESPN um, analyst, having most recently covered the Duke Mayonnaise Bowl right there in Charlotte. Uh, he's a Charlatan. He lives here, has been here uh, for at least ten years. His family is rooted here, so he's of the environment, of the neighborhood, of the city. Um, so shout out to Anish. I think he is. A good, a good fit. I think he'll represent diversity well, but I think he is also somebody who I won't mind listening to the games actually being called by. Um, and, of course, he is taking over for the longtime uh, play-by-play color man, Mr. Mick Mixon. So he's going to be paired out there with um, Jordan Gross and with uh, Jake DeLome to be calling the plays moving forward. So I'm excited for that. That's literally the only thing the Panthers have done this entire offseason to make me feel like anything even worth you know, some type of relevance. So we're excited for that. Oh, and, we're, 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 listen, we are weeks and weeks closer to you officially you losing your fandom and fanhood. So I'm waiting for that too, since you called it out, buddy. And if you guys don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> the draft is only uh, eight weeks away. And as a matter of fact, um, we're, Let's talk about it really quickly. So with the draft eight weeks away, we, uh, we're we going to be, well, after this week, eight weeks, uh, we'll be starting a new series analyzing each team's greatest needs um, and breaking down the first round and, again, just the overall all 32 teams and their greatest needs for the draft. So we'll do four teams per week leading up to the draft, which is starting round one. April 28th, this Thursday at 7 p.m. I'm excited for it, excited for that series, and so we'll definitely see. Now, that is a key indicator for something that may be happening coming up soon. Now, 
On a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that if the Carolina Panthers sign a certain quarterback that I was going to give up my fandom, I have literally planned how I intend to do so, and I will do so publicly and allow the listeners of Carolina Sports Talk to select who will be my team for at least one entire NFL season. That the Big Cliff team sweepstakes. <laughs> what kind of is very unencouraging for me is what Mr. Mark Schofield of Touchdown Wire had to say with regards to his anticipation for the Panthers' first-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Mr. Mark says, quote, Quarterback is certainly a need, but the Panthers might be in a tough spot to address the position given their draft slot in the first round. And we know the Carolina Panthers currently hold the number six overall pick. Is there a quarterback worthy of a top 10 selection in this class? How they answered that question might have ripple effects through the first round. Sitting here today, it would not surprise me if they addressed the offensive line and he has the Panthers uh, drafting offensive tackle Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. And he finishes and concludes his analysis by saying, plus, they need someone to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, yo, <laughs> Mark Schofield, bro. If you don't like me, just tell me you don't like me, bro. I'm if you if you don't want me to I have need... no loyalty, just tell me you don't want me to have no loyalty, right. bro. Where did he get the inside information from, you know, <sighs> with the dude that rhymes with Slimmy He? I don't understand. <laughs> no, I, and then not to mention, bro, because you got to understand I'm a Panthers fan too. I don't, I would like to, look, I wouldn't mind, put it like this. I wouldn't mind seeing a healthy, honestly, a healthy Jimmy G out there under the center. But it's such a Panthers move because dude is about to undergo surgery that's exactly. going to put him out until the summertime, bro. So, so you're going to go get a guy who really, 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 really would need all the time he could get and not give him the time that he needs. And and then on top of all of that, if that weren't sufficient enough, I read an article released by Panthers Wired today that said Cam Newton is still in the running to be the quarterback I definitely saw that. for the Carolina Panthers. It's like, yo, why don't y'all love me? <laughs> it is. It, I, I'm, I'm over it. I, I, and I'm 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 past rooting for him. I'm past giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm at a point where I'm just like, all right, I just gotta wait and see. Y'all y'all just gotta show me something. You already you already proclaimed what you were gonna do, bro. So just prepare to give all of your Panthers gear and all of that stuff over here. Listen, just go ahead and get the soundtrack. Hand it over. How do I like ready? Go ahead and hand everything over, bro. That like, <laughs> what's the uh, spotlight on your car? Like when you open the doors, it is. Oh, you mean the the light coming from from the door? Yeah, it's the Carolina Panthers logo. Okay, get ready to take that passage off. On, on all over. Yeah, all the way around. Yeah. All right. The, the, yeah. the car alone, bro, with the lights, the headrests, the 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 the, the flags. I got hand it over decals. It, oh, oh, hand it man. all over. Listen, I and I mean it, bro. Like I told you that week, though. I told we talked. Ladies and gentlemen, you're witnessing the power of manifestation, okay? <laughs> I told you that week how powerful words are, man. I don't, you know what? Talking about other quarterbacks who's not coming to the Carolina Panthers, uh, I think that there's some steam getting picked up to Kyler Murray coming out of Arizona. 
Um, we know, and we talked about it last week on the show, that he scrubbed his social media um, completely from all things Arizona. Now, since then, it's come out that he, 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 in true fashion to what has become the norm, he's playing on a rookie quarterback, on a rookie quarterback, on a rookie quarterback um, contract, on a rookie contract, and he went to the leadership and was like, hey, I want an extension, knowing that most most franchises who have a proven quarterback who they are completely happy with have done that restructuring after three years. Now, the two of the exceptions were uh, Cam Newton, who was one of the first, and then uh, Andrew Luck, who was the, actually the second under the current format of those rookie quarterback wages. And so they both played four years under their contracts, but they were both also very locked in as number one overall picks into that role of being say, hey, we are franchise. It'll just take a little bit of time. Not to mention that they were the first two. So the the norm of them reing up after three years is hasn't been the case. Now, those who weren't read up in three years um, either weren't re-upped. I wanted to say there was like nine of the 26 that were read up at the three-year mark. Six of them weren't read up at all and, and so on and so forth. But those who weren't, another one key, Baker Mayfield. We see how that's worked out in Cleveland and how <laughs> – I wouldn't be surprised to see him traded before the end of this offseason as well, prior to the draft in April. What are your thoughts uh, with 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 the writing apparently on the wall? Is is Kyler Murray going to be out of Arizona? And if so, where could you see him being a good fit? Yeah, I mean, to answer it, you know, simply, yes. We think to your point, we talked about it a few weeks ago, you know, kids scrubbing all Arizona Cardinal stuff from his socials and unfollowing Arizona like a bitter ex. And um, <laughs> to answer the second part of your question, I really don't know. Uh, we know that Pittsburgh has quarterback needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see what's going on in San Fran. We know that he's comfortable in the NFC West. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I, I can't, I can't see him usurping uh, a lot of the West Coast quarterbacks as far as like your Justin Herberts or, of course, like a um, uh, Matthew Stafford or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, look, out in Vegas, mm. cars, cars clock, it, it, it's, it's ticking. You know, they, they may, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, there's some, there's some uh, Houston, you know, I can uh-huh. perhaps the Houston vibes. But you know, at this I point, just, you're just I just naming all the teams know. now who need a quarterback. Uh- <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. The two teams that I have as the most likely fits for Kyler Murray, if he were to go ahead and get his way up out of Arizona, um, the Washington Commanders or the Houston Texans. And uh, side note, I'm sorry to cut you off, Big Cliff, but I'm disappointed in Washington, not because of the name, but because they don't believe in Heineke. <laughs> and I do. And you do. Go ahead. Yes. Ta- Listen, Taylor is a, is a bad boy. I, I I could see something in his eye from his Carolina days. Um, he's a competitor. He's a dog, and he's he's gonna fight, and he's got some grit to him. And, and I agree. He he is a good player. I think he is an ideal backup. He's the mm-hmm. guy that you want. That okay, no matter who my first guy is, he's gonna give us the best chance. But when we need somebody who can come in and and play that backup role and still grit and fight and play above what his talent level is, that is absolutely Taylor. Type of guy, if, you're, if your starting QB goes down for uh, with a major injury, God forbid, seven weeks, eight weeks, that's the type of guy that'll sneak out five to six games for you exactly. during that stretch. Hold, exactly. Hold, hold it down, let it be a Band-Aid, play the role, and fight, keep the team fired up and keep them pushing. So definitely. Back to Kyler. 
So, yeah, I, I see him in there. I could see a uh, trade um, Deshaun Watson for him. Uh, although he's on finishing up that rookie scale contract, I, I think they could make that math work. Um, I think their draft picks would be sufficient f- coming out of Arizona. I wouldn't even su- be surprised if they were somehow to throw Cliff Kingsbury in there. Um, when they when they lost to the Rams in the postseason, it definitely left a sour taste in management's mouth, Pauls. And I think they are in a point where they're really looking to be able to shake things up and make some changes. If that means at the quarterback position, if that means at the coaching positions, I definitely think that they are in a point where they want to see win, uh, see their team win. The Carolina Panthers would, wouldn't shock me to have some of the same types of things happen in in its season. In season, David Tepper wants the win. He believed that he had the man, and I, I'm holding hope steady for you, bro. Uh, I know I've I've repeatedly say his third year, folks. That's when he turns it around. Third year, give him three. I if he doesn't, and if it's not looking likely. It's, it's it's a strong chance that he won't be able to finish out this season either. So it's it's interesting to see where things are going to go from here. And like I said, that draft is right around the corner. Um, and, and by that point, we would have had some major moves in free agency and everything else. So it's excited to see what's going to happen. As we get ready to move forward, big deal or no thing today is brought to you by Grant Williams, a friend over at Farm Bureau Insurance. Go ahead and contact Grant on all your auto, home, life, and health insurance needs. He is ready and able to help you and solve all of the solutions that you need for your insurance needs. So make sure you give him a call at 803-699-7564, extension 2, or you can give him a call on his cell phone, 843-453-5257. That's Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance for all of your auto, home, life, and health insurance needs. At this time, it's time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Where we give you some headlines and discuss and tell you whether it's a big deal or not a thing. First up on track, we have got the University of Miami quarterback, De'Eric King, who will be throwing with the quarterbacks uh, as well as run some routes or routes, however you want to get funky with it, as a receiver with the NFL Draft Combine. Big deal or no thing that De'Eric King is auditioning for both roles in the NFL. Uh, big deal. That's a big deal. I'm actually going to rock with you and say big deal. That's as well. a big deal. I thought about it. Could you see me thinking? <laughs> I don't want to even. Let's go. Let's go. Why you say it's a big deal, bro? I don't know why I said no, I'm just Because <laughs> it's the you. Really, exactly. That's one reason it's a big deal. Um, but also, again, just opening up your stock mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, giving yourself more opportunities as far as of how you could be utilized by a team. Um, it just kind of, it, it gives you more, you know, a greater possi- probability of, of being drafted and stuff and kind of shows your value as a utility player or as one of those hybrid guys where um, shows your willingness, of course, like, you know, I know you always need a quarterback that wants a starting quarterback position, but Hey, it's a, a big deal for me, I guess. So I'm going to give you a name that's going to hit kind of close to home to explain why this is a big deal. Armani Edwards. Do you remember that young man? Absolutely. Quarterback down at Appalachian State. Um, led possibly the biggest upset in college football history um, when they went to the big house and beat Michigan in the big house. Uh, that I, I'll never forget that game. It was amazing. It was a, it was it was a true upset. 
Armani Edwards graduated college and went into the NFL as a quarterback and as a wide receiver. And he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers to play wide receiver. Do you know what happened to Armani Edwards? He played receiver for the Panthers, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm saying post-NFL. He sold cars? <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. No, he actually oh. went up north to the... And I'm sorry to put you on the spot. He went up north and is actually still playing in the Canadian Football League. Okay, shout out to him. Yeah, he's what like position? wide receiver. He is a veteran, hard-nosed. He's won championships up there. He went up there and played ball and, and and all because he was willing to switch to the wide receiver position. Even though he didn't work out in the NFL, he still had a way to go and play. Um, De'Aaron King is a natural athlete. Now, I don't think that he'll have that route where he has to go or will choose to go to the Canadian Football League or to the USFL if they're able to fight and keep the name or to any of these other leagues that will be available for him. I think this move will ensure his future and lucrative future at a spot on an NFL franchise simply by being humble enough to say, hey, I just want it. However I can get it, I want it. And so I think this is a big deal. Next up, the New York Giants are entertaining calls for Saquon Barkley. Big deal, no thing. No thing. I just have to nah, start getting the answer, no quick. answer quickly. Go ahead. <laughs> I am going to say that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Why you say no thing? Um, Simply, you know, Saquon... We saw him, you know, squat 5,000 pounds and, <laughs> and move cars and stuff like that during the combine. But since being in the league, and it may be um, it may be an indictment on the Giants' offensive line, but he hasn't been able to produce like we wanted him to. He's been riddled with injuries, and he's had some some uh, notable notable turnovers and fumbles mm, and stuff like that. Costly. Again, so he's not... I believe that his stock is not as high or quote unquote sexy as you would want it to be as the name is, as you know, again, what he brought to the table whenever he was more of a prodigy or a prospect versus what he is panned out to be. Um, he has what, maybe about four years in the league now, perhaps maybe uh, about three past or four. Season was his four, but he's not finished a full year healthy. So no, but he's been in the league for four years. So all reasons why I say it's no thing. It's on you, Big Cliff. I say it's a big deal for this reason. (laughs) Everything that you just said is perfect. See, I'm about to give you your props. It's a perfect reason to anticipate him not doing anything. But it's the way that the NFL works. It's also the perfect reason why somebody like the Kansas City Chiefs will trade for him for the low. And he'll go and turn up. Even just even if just as a third down back or something like that, or Listen. just like a a combo back with somebody else, like, like him hey, and you got Edwards Hilaire exactly. out there already. I could see something like that. Now, can you imagine Clyde Edwards Hilaire alongside Saquon Barkley? That now because they're similarly built, so they'd be able to run the same types of schemes. Both of them are dynamic coming out of the out of the backfield. Both have had injury issues, but to keep one another pushed and to, and motivated and engaged, that that just seems like it's too perfect of a setup, and and very likely going to happen where he's on somebody's contending team next year, uh, with a chance to make a difference and show. Well, hey, I'm healthy. I can even see the same for Christian McCaffrey, a, a little bit less so, just because you know. Mm-hmm. I could see Christian like, hey, so what that retirement paperwork look, look like? Like I can just right. feel it. But no, I I could very no, easily see. You know, a scary look for 
Saquon. Where's that? Indianapolis. Yo, no, 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 no. Because you're not a believer. No, I can't do it. it. I can't do it, bro. I can't. The league can't let it happen. David Stern will have to get up out the grave and switch sports and come to the NFL <laughs> and veto the trade. No, <laughs> no, because yeah, with be yeah, because they they got enough running backs up there, man. They yeah, nah, Mm-mm. no. I the but NFL bet not. Like I said, is I mean, and I I feel why you, I I see your perspective on that. Why that's a big deal, but. Yeah, his his quote unquote stock is down. You know, he may not be hit. Let's just say this: I, I don't ever say that people get injured on purpose and stuff like that. But he may not be in a rush to come back. Whenever he, <laughs> oh, without to doubt, to get in the blue, in the Giants' blue, right? Without doubt, because even several of the times that Christian McCaffrey has been injured, had the Panthers been in contention, um, he would have been back before the end of the season on a couple of those times that he's been out. But with with them not really having anything to fight for, it's like, nah, Christian, go ahead and get healthy state. We'll see you next year. I think with in his case, they need to go ahead and let him shed some of that weight. Cam needs to go ahead and pick some of it back up, and he might be all right too to be able to be what he wants to be. But if Christian McCaffrey drops about ten pounds of that muscle that he picked up, uh, his I think the stress on his body would be a little less, and he wouldn't have to worry about getting hurt as much anyway and moving forward. Next up, Grambler State head coach uh, Hugh Jackson defends the hiring of offensive coordinator Art Bryles. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Uh, I'm going to say it's a huge deal. That's a big deal. Pause. Go. Listen, out there, uh, shout out to Grambling State, though, because it's the HBCU, but they're all nasty men, all right? They're all nasty men. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's no thing, bro. Uh, <laughs> They've got tarnished, tarnished reputations. Nobody's, nobody's word holds weight. So I don't even know why it's a, why, why it would be a big deal with Hugh Jackson co-signing and defending hiring Art Bryles. But go ahead, bro. I'm, I, I am of the opinion that when individuals make a mistake, if they show contrite and have taken steps towards atonement, does you give them another chance? Um, when Michael Vick was locked up for fighting with dogs um they put him in jail for two years he served the time that the sentence that was given to him even though it to me was i've seen people get less time for actually murdering people but that's neither here nor there um he did the crime and was able to come back and contribute and he was able to restore himself we've seen several other athletes across the plethora of sports that did certain incidences and have been able to come back the heinous accusations that Art Browse, and for those of you who may not know, he was the head coach at Baylor University during the time when there was alleged um, uh, sexual assault claims and that he himself both tried to help cover it up and neglect and turn an eye to it. Um, I think that once people have done what they have to do to atone, that you give them a chance. The reason that I say this is a big deal is for the same reason that you said it's not. They're all trash. And then this guy, Hugh Jackson, is one as well. So as where Art Browse deserves an opportunity to prove himself and to uh, get that retribution, Hugh Jackson should not be the guy who gives it to him. <laughs> the Hugh Jackson Foundation, and it's, again, it's almost like the, the the football guys are just literally at a point where they're just putting these things out back to back to like really like give us just fodder. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson uh, hired him, and then a day later, the Hugh Jackson Foundation is being f- accused of fraud. 
his foundation brought in, and I forget the exact numbers, and my apologies to my listeners, but let's say if it was like $141,000, and it was way more than that. Um, if, if it was 141 that they brought in, 120 of it was being paid to the only person on staff who was being paid. Like $4,000 of it went to actual grants for what the foundation was established for. And then like two other thousand was like to like travel or whatever. So it was like, what are y'all doing? And this is the guy who y'all got out here defending. And, and, and again, what he's saying is true, but it's just as Matt, just as important as what you say is who says it. And so for me, it's a big deal. Hugh Jackson has always just seemed like the used car salesman. like, hey, how you doing? You guys in the market for a car? Uh, you're not? Uh, what about these underwater vehicles? What about vehicles with four tires? Uh, what about a truck? I know you want to, like, he seems like the guy that's, like, never going to take no and just going to find a way to talk himself into t- some type of situation. So Art Brow, I, I, just, I believe he deserves another opportunity. But, bro, you could have went to anybody else other than Hugh Jackson for me. It's it's the Hugh Jackson for me. Your bro. thoughts your thoughts on everything being at an HBCU, uh, a storied and historic HBCU at that. I see that Hugh Jackson saw an opportunity to say, hey, because at the end of the day, Art Browser's is a heck of a coach. What the, the work that he did at that Baylor program, well, uh, this is, again, during the heydays of the RG3s of the world, where they were a national perennial powerhouse every year. Um, he's a good coach. I think bringing him into an HBCU will definitely, from a coaching X's and O perspective, it has the potential to work. It's just whether or not the two of them can overcome that off-the-field backlash that will undoubtedly be there. Uh, Although the the HBCU community itself may not care as much as being introduced into the national perspective a little bit more, that narrative will be carried a bit more by that conversation in in that audience from the national audience as well. So. Um, I think it's a good move for the school, ultimately, if they're able to overcome. But it's definitely like it's 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 a time and it ain't serpentine, as the old people used to say. So we'll be interested to see what happens from that as well. Last up on Big Deal No Thing, Major League Baseball cancels the first two regular season series after the MLBPA rejects the league's final proposal. Big deal or no deal or no thing that we actually have canceled baseball. I'm going to say big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. Why do you say it? I mean, that's well, a the big writing, deal. The writing's been on the wall um, with everything, with the lockout and stuff like that. But again, this has been from the title of that of that headline, mm-hmm. the league's final proposal. So you know, it's it's a big deal. Baseball has already put themselves in a position where they. Where, where they were once America's pastime, they're now just past their time. As it stands, they're already the number four sports of the big four in America. Um, and now with everybody else, with the NFL coming off of its possible best postseason ever, with the NBA, uh, I read, a matter of fact, before we get to the NBA, talking about the NFL, I read something that said nearly two-thirds of the country tuned into the Super Bowl this year, bruh. Do you understand the market share and, and how the NFL, if they haven't already been doing so, are at a point where they can pretty much just start printing their own money? It's wild to me. 
But NBA is picking up its, its steam. Even hockey has gotten to a point with the new deal with ESPN where its visibility has increased and a lot more people are wanting to watch it. And so baseball was already at a disadvantage. And now to have cost themselves games, to have put themselves in a position where folks are really about that, oh, y'all not can't, y'all can't get it right. Even when y'all do, we don't want to watch y'all no more. And, and finding something else to do to occupy their time and their money. So it's to me, it's definitely a big deal. Um, what, do you think that there will be baseball this season? Uh, the way that it's looking, it's hard pressed to really find or see any baseball. My, my thing that I thought about when you were mentioning that, and it's a great line that you said, big cliff. Okay. They are past their time. <laughs> they used to be the past time, but, um, America's past time, but, um, you always think about, the millions and millions and millions in guaranteed money that that uh, MLB players make. I always think back to Manny Ramirez and kind of the contracts that he had gotten, even after getting in trouble all of the time and stuff like the smirk on his face, like, Hey, I'm still getting paid, man. And he's still getting paid, <laughs> you know, but, um, and, and I've always broke it down to, Look, they play over 100 games, some odd games a year, not mm-hmm. including the postseason. Um, they play doubleheaders and go like in the paid the people that patronize the game and fans of the game, even season ticket holders. They play they, they pay rather for that quantity of games, Absolutely. not necessarily the quality of what's being put on the field, you know, so, of course, you from the 80s stories of people doing cocaine in the dugout and and uh, and drinking beers and stuff like that to nowadays where cats are just, you know, chewing sunflower seeds in the outfield, not paying attention and different things like that. Like baseball is at a different place. You know what I mean? And it, it again, it's 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 finally catching up to itself. I think it's been very cocky and very arrogant for too long as far as having that stamp and that label of America's pastime mm-hmm. and, and things are finally catching up with them. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a sight to see brother. It really is. And, and honestly, um, it, it's, 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 it's a site that's not looking really good. I also think that there will be more than just the first two series canceled. I don't know about Absolutely. the entire season. Cause the NFL, excuse me, the NF, the NB, the MLBPA, some more initials, hip hop hooray. No, I think they are at a point where they realize they've now cost themselves six games worth of checks as they continue to um, move forward and to hold fast. I understand why they are, and and it's more than just this year, and and you the players have to be positioned and primed for that. But similar to how the NBA was when they were getting ready to go through their lockout, there are some who are prepared. There are those who have the money, who have the investments, who have the endorsements, who are going to be okay if there is no fo- no basketball, no baseball, no football. But in this instance with the MLB, there are a lot more players throughout many of the different circuits through AAA, through AA, who depend on those game checks to support their families. And so I can see where the owners um, in their quote-unquote last request or last submission have kind of said, okay, well, hey, we're going to lock you out. You're going to just not get paid. Let's see how long you're going to do that. In addition to the widespread effects of it, it's going to affect these these players' pockets, and, and, and I anticipate that there will be some movements. I don't think they'll have an entire season's worth of cancellation. I would hope not. 
Um, but hey, it's happened before. I wouldn't be surprised. They've, they've gone through and called replacement players. I know with the uh, collective bargaining up to this point, it's not been able to be another thing where they can call in replacements. But hey, who knows what's hold, what the future holds if these guys continue to hold out and not want to uh, agree to the owners and leadership's ideals and perspectives. It definitely can be something that c- can come up into the future as well. So. That is going to wrap us up for Big Deal No Thing. Next up, we have nothing to do with sports. Yes, and I'll go ahead and take it away with nothing to do with sports. Um, Real quickly, I want to say uh, rest in peace to Ashtray, my boy on Euphoria. He had to go in the season finale. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything for any of our uh, (laughs) Carolina Sports Talk fans that watch (laughs) Euphoria. But also, um, wanted to bring up real quickly here, uh, and I've got this off of DJ Blaze radio show. Shout out to Be Easy. Um, but they were talking and discussing Snowfall, which just premiered and came back after a few seasons or after a few years sabbatical, if you will. Hold on a second. Um, Are you about to drop more spoilers? Not really. I wouldn't call it a spoiler. No, no, no. Okay. I wouldn't call it a spoiler at all. But a cameo made, um, and this is a fictional cameo, of course, but a cameo made in Snowfall very important to the sports world, if you will. So it made the episode sports adjacent from the jump. The first opening scene had one Len uh, or Leonard Kevin Bias, known as Len Bias. Um, It had him in a scene. It was, he just had gotten drafted by the Boston Celtics and he was back in Maryland um, where he was going to school at university of Maryland college park. Uh, But he was, uh, this was made June 19th, 1986, mm-hmm. and he uh, overdosed on cocaine. Um, honestly, Len Bias is a name that some sports fans know, especially old school sports fans, but a lot of newer sports fans don't know about. Uh, this guy was tooted or touted to be um, mm-hmm. better than Jordan at the time. Pause. His athletic, yeah, certainly pause, but his athleticism was one of one Sean Kemp slash LeBron mm-hmm. James, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the guy was a, a world-class athlete out of this world. Um, like I said, drafted by the Boston Celtics. Unfortunately, I think we may have gotten one or two kind of like summer mm-hmm. type of like game footage from him, but nothing. Um, unfortunately, he just didn't make it uh, to, to the regular season and to his, to his, to, to his NBA debut, if you will. So rest in peace, one Lynn Bias, and uh, shout out to Snowfall for kind of highlighting what the uh, what the cocaine epidemic did back then, and uh, and the kind of how far reaching its arms were, how it reached out to the sports world and everything like that, and absolutely. its effects on the sports world. Yeah, absolutely, man. Glad we were able to get through and get over that. Just as happy as I'll be once we're able to get through and over this COVID. Uh, shout out our prayers and our thoughts are definitely with Ukraine. Uh, as they deal with the invasion by Russia out there. Um, and just everybody loves somebody as much as you can. Let's try to make the world a better place overall. So DJ Hotstar, that's going to do us for another episode, bro. Anything you want to holler at the people before we get out? Just just to say, yo, Ukraine ain't going out like no punks. That, that's uh, that's for sure. I, mean, maybe, Shout out to I don't them. know if it's like just how, I don't know if it's how the press is putting everything and everything like that, but I love the the feel good stories. I love the stories of Russians that are protesting the war. Mm-hmm. I love that as well. I know this is not a political podcast, but yeah, definitely prayers out to everybody out there. 
Prayers out to your Lakers. Um, prayers out to everybody with the hey, COVID yo. and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to get it on out the door. Just, just get one in there on the way out the door, huh? This has uh, been another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Make sure you check us out on your favorite podcast app. Or next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Please hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net to be a part of the show. Or if you want to hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk, or in the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk, talk back. Until next week, hey.